what's up everybody we're back again with a new episode talking about some issues regarding some clubs some results some fixtures and a letter of apology from a player so without further ado <laughs> welcome to the latest episode of back on a podcast Josh, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, the letter of apology. A, a speech of apology. Well, I don't know. Let's even start from there since you just you mentioned it. Did that apology from Romelu Lukaku seem genuine to you? Because for me, the body language... Uh, uh, first of all, you know, I told you I was expecting an apology, but then... It's not like I'm super keen on it. I just was expecting it. So, like, what do you think about it? Um, like we said in the last episode, um, it was obvious that Lukaku is going to um do what he did. Like, he was going to issue out an apology. So, wait, I, so wait, do you think it was Lukaku's idea or Chelsea's idea? Because the whole thing seemed too staged. Like, the, he was being forced to do it. Uh, I think I don't want to read too much into it. I'll just say it from both parties. That's from the club and Lukaku's camp as well. Because when you looked at it, there was so much heat, and the heat was not necessary for Chelsea. It was or it was not necessary for Lukaku as well. So they just they needed to squash whatever is going on behind the scenes and try to move on from it. But in the case of whether it was genuine or not, I think it's not in my place to say. I think it's Chelsea fans, them themselves, that will realise if it's genuine or not. But for me, like you said in the last episode, from here on out, it will seem very, very transactional. Chelsea fans will only be happy with Lukaku. <clears throat> Lukaku performed and vice versa. So... so... <laughs> Um, what will I even start from? Okay, so talking about if it's genuine, did you, first I had to go through the pain and the because I felt like vomiting. Like I, you know how much I hate public speeches, apologies, and whatnot. So it was like really sickening for me to have to watch the five minutes because I needed to have something to like. I needed to know what I'm talking about on this episode. So I don't know. Did you? Suffer like me? Did you watch everything? No, I will let you. I didn't. I didn't watch everything. There's some things I want to highlight. No, I didn't watch everything. You're actually because. So I think I think I have more. I have more tolerance than you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you know more than me. Like I hate a lot of things are cringy to me. They are very very cringy. Like I would like to like I spent like the first thirty to fifty seconds. I was like, okay, cool. Let's move on. So I, I I was watching I was watching it on Sky Sports News like they showed some clips I'm like okay and then I was like I want to know I want to hear everything so I'll be able to talk about it and I I watch everything and you know you know he did, he did not apologize let me now bust your head Lukaku did not apologize you know what he said he said that that okay. Chelsea fans know how much Chelsea means to him since he was a little boy, a teenager. So basically, telling Chelsea fans that, see, oh, I messed up, but you people have to understand that it's not like, I don't like Chelsea, oh, I like Chelsea, but he did not apologize for what he said. He just said he has been supporting Chelsea since he was a kid. 
which for me is even debatable. I think Lukaku is more of a Drogba fan. And because Drogba played for Chelsea, he's calling himself a Chelsea fan. I think that's what it is because a Chelsea fan will not say the things he said. That's, for me, that's... Like, there's nothing anybody else to tell me. A Chelsea fan will not say the things he said about Inter, about wanting to... So now, you, you remember when in the interview, Lukaku talked about... Um, that he he want he thought he wanted he was going to go to Bayern Real Madrid or Barcelona. You remember that part? Yes, yes, yes. That that was last week, yeah. Remember? They asked him, "What did you mean by that?" You know what he said? Like what this guy it? was this this guy was playing on our our intelligence. So he said that no, no, no. That what he was talking about was that those teams are the teams that other people dream of playing for. But for him, it's Chelsea. I'm like, guy. Am I? I'm not dumb now. I I can understand English. Like, I'm like, guy. What you said was that you thought you were going to go to this club, but in his apology in quotes, apology interview, he said no. That he just mentioned those clubs as as clubs that most people dream of playing for. I'm like, okay. He now said that the interview that he understands why Chelsea fans are angry. That he apologized to the board, the the play, his teammates, the coach, everybody. That it was not the right moment, and I'm like, <laughs> so when would, when so when right is moment? the right moment to di- <laughs> no? When is now the right moment to disrespect your club? Like if this is not the right moment, so when is the so like I watched five minutes of absolute nonsense. There was no apology there. There was see- absolutely no apology, and the the simple-minded people who just watch it and say, "Oh, he apologized." No, he did not apologize. He said. He's going to try and show his commitment. He's going to try and do some other things to prove his loyalty to the club. But he justified. I I, I don't see. I'm even. I'm getting irritated talking about it because like he he's just trying to play on his intelligence. He's trying to play on everyone's intelligence, and it looks like it has worked for <laughs> most people. Uh, the truth is, um, I just remembered why I didn't finish it without it. So immediately I clicked the video on Twitter. I was like, let me watch. But when I now saw the camera setting, the lighting, I was like, man, man this, thing, <laughs> this thing. Like, like I don't like, I don't like. Um, I don't like, like it was being held at gunpoint. I swear, I swear. Like, I was like, you, you guys, they should free the guy. I don't know. Like, if if I'm a Chelsea fan, like, I won't care less if he apologizes or not. But the thing is, I won't tolerate it again if he says something like that. So I just think it's something that. Everyone should move on from it. He has made his error. He has seen he has made his error. And I think that if he does something like that again, knowing the Chelsea owner is Abramovich, I think it will be it will it will be tolerated anymore. And, he, and Lukaku himself will know this first time, and I'm sure that won't see no. something like this. Yeah. And so looking at I've, I've, looking at his performance okay. against Tottenham as well, like he, he puts in a decent shift and. And um, going forward, that's what Chelsea fans would like to see because from here on out, look, the Lukaku's bad form won't be tolerated anymore. If you can say something like that regarding the club that is feeding you and paying you and handsomely, then you need to start putting in those kind of shit. And going forward, that's what Chelsea fans should be expecting. Okay, so on another episode, like maybe international break, where we'll have less, less club football to talk about. Uh, actually, maybe we'll talk about something because I've gone deep into Lukaku and Lukaku has a backstory of tearing clubs that he plays for apart. So, 
this is not the first time. Like, I actually did some research on it. So Lukaku always seems to have some things to say about his either former employers or current employers. So that was that. And when you say Lukaku played decently, please define decently because for me, Chelsea played fantastically well, though Tottenham were dreadful. I don't even know. I don't know if Chelsea were more good or Tottenham were more bad. But for Lukaku himself, now you see the you see the interesting part for me where I'll tell you that Lukaku did absolutely nothing that much. Chelsea in that game did not really play through Lukaku. So Lukaku was not holding the ball up. Lukaku was not feeding others, getting them to run off him. Lukaku was basically standing there waiting for chances, which he had only three in the game. And he missed his three chances. So if he didn't do any hold-up play, didn't do anything, so how can he miss his three chances and you're telling me he played decently? What's decent about missing chances? Now, it's not about the chances. Like, his link-up play with um, Werner, when Werner came on, was decent. Like, it, I saw... It, like, it, wasn't, his, it, wasn't much, it wasn't much of a link-up play. Like, he did... Even, it, even his defensive shift that he puts in, especially when Chelsea, um, Chelsea were caught off guard in some certain areas. Like, I'm not saying, like, you're trying to be hypercritical hypercrit- uh, about it, but me, I'm just thinking from an overall standpoint. Like, obviously... But, but did you see that header in the first half? Did you see yes. that header in the first half? Yes, there's some chances. Any like, decent defender, I'm not even saying a striker, any decent defender would have scored that thing. Oh, you can you can that's say as that good as that's, that, that's as good as one on one with your leg. You can say that, but at the end of the day, like I'm just saying, Lukaku's overall performance wasn't as bad. So that's what I'm saying. Like you can say he missed chances, yes, like he missed chances. That's very obvious. I'm blatant to see that he missed chances, but I'm just saying, like, his overall performance so was not as bad. So I just feel like um, going forward, um, he you need to work on his and um, timing because the the header was just timing, just Mr. Calculated when the ball was coming. And if he had gotten his timing right, he definitely would score because he was still close in the end. So I think, I all you know, I think Lukaku did well. And I'm um, big up to If I had. Go ahead, go ahead. If you had. If Luke, if Lukaku had gotten his timing right, he would have scored. If I had bought Bitcoin when he started in 2010, I'll be a millionaire. If I'm bought, okay. and maybe it's. That's so... the truth. If you have gotten Bitcoin earlier, you'd be a billionaire. So. Hey, boy, boy, it doesn't change the fact that I'm not a millionaire. So Lukaku missed the chance. I don't care by how much. <laughs> You're just being too critical with him, bro. But, but let's not let, let's not be like I'm flogging only Lukaku with the word of correction. Vena also missed a glorious chance. I mean, Hakim Ziyech will probably be very, very annoyed with him till now because that pass was exceptionally good. And then Vena decided to chip the keeper, which I still need him to actually release a video explaining why he chose to do that. He said that I'm missing, missing it. Vena missing a, a glorious chance is not in you. This is 2022 and it's still not in you. Like... <laughs> if he has scored, if he has scored, don't you be surprised? Be surprised. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised. That's too harsh. I wouldn't be surprised. For me, I'll be surprised. I'll be like, wow, so you can actually score goals. Okay, cool. Let's move on. So <laughs> that's um, what okay now for the rest of the game itself, I think Chelsea playing the back four was I think it came out a surprise to most of us. 
Mm, yeah, I was I would say like it's been a while since I saw Chelsea playing in back four because when I saw the lineup, I was thinking, okay, Akim Zia could be our um as one of the full back four. Um behold um teach your managers to be flexible for the first time I've seen in a very long while. So Okay, so 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 it was more like he was forced into doing it because he gave an interview that he was forced basically by a lack of fit center backs. So Thiago Silva is out with COVID. Christiansen has been out injured, although now he's back for the FA Cup this weekend. And so lightweight in, in that aspect of the team. So it was like, okay, we don't have three cent- center backs, but we have two, so let's play back four. So I think it was more of that than him trying to be a tactical genius. Even he admitted it himself that he wasn't trying to catch Tottenham off guard or anything. It was just what he had available. And funny enough, he actually still... Like, it was very funny because sometimes you saw Ziyech dropping as a wing-back as Pliqueta talking in. So they almost played two formations at once, which is a kind of genius that we see from only Pep Guardiola usually. But now Tukel being able to play two formations in the same match. And now let's go to Tottenham. I, I don't want to be be the person that says it, but Kane and Son, I, you might as well have had them playing with nine men because they were non-existent. But then again, the midfield is just nothing to write them about. Um, I just think the, the entire system collapsed. Like, they were not pressing as a team, they were not defending as a team, they were not attacking as a team. So, it was a shitty performance. But the person I would just like to call out is Hurricane. I will say this and I will say it for the last time. His sports don't get rid of Hurricane that are shooting himself in the foot. Like, get rid of him. He's an asset that will get him much value mm, for, mm, for, for, what, mm, for, for what he offers. Mm. He can still bring in much, uh, enough money to, to the club and they can reinvest that money into other areas and bring in players that are interested in playing for Tottenham. Harry Kane, whether you like it or not, is not interested in playing do you think now. That's the truth. No, but but do you think you know you know I I I agreed with you that he played badly, but I ended up with I ended it my statement with the midfield was nothing to write the midfield was nothing to write them about. Like like Hoybier is good at breaking up play. Hoybier cannot pick long passes, cannot break defenses down. Skip should not be playing for a top six club. Harry Winks should not be playing for a top six club. Indombele has the talent, but he's clearly not putting in the hard work. And it shows Ali is more interested in dying his hair and looking like a rapper than actually playing football. <laughs> Lo Celso, I even forgot, was a sports player until I saw him in the last two games. And I'm like, oh, Lo Celso is still here. Wow. So, like, there is no midfield. So, it explains why Harry Kane has been dropping deep, dropping deep. Now, you know, you know the thing about Conte where I, I disagree with him is. He has told Harry Kane to stay up front because we know last season Harry Kane was virtually a nine and a ten last season, highest goal score, highest assist. So Conte has come in and told Kane stay up, we need you up front. And I'm like, all oh, well and good, but who the hell is going to give him the ball? There's no midfield. <laughs> um, that's why I said like the system didn't work. Like the system didn't work. But the, the difference between when the system doesn't work and players not being interested are two different things. So, for example, you could still see Hoybeck was still trying to press 
even if he was pressing like a headless chicken on his own. But do, do, you, think, do you think he should have played three midfielders? Do you think, <laughs> do you think he should have played Kane and Son up front and three midfielders to try and yeah. win the midfield battle? It's not, uh, to me, it's not, um, to me, it's not um, this, um, what is it called? Like, for example, you can, we can argue about midfield options that he could have gone with, but at the end of the day, um, he's a top manager that knows what he's doing. But the truth is, like, I don't, I don't even think it was about, like, I don't, he, the tactics were just all wrong. The defenders he went with, um, we could see, like, they were disjointed. They were not, they were not playing. Um, there was not, the disharmony wasn't there. That's why we saw um, so many own goals. It could have even been more own goals. <laughs> uh, in the era, <laughs> they were not pressing. I mean, Tanganga, the, the, I, I, I've seen some spectacular angles in my time, but that one was just special because I don't understand what Tangaga was doing heading in that direction. And Davis was unfortunate to be there, and he's the one that is going to get the own goal to his name, but really, it was Tangaga's own goal. Yeah, it was Tangaga's own goal, but what I'll just, what I'll just say, to help... Antonio Conte is a top manager, so it would be wrong of me to sit here and question his tactics. So what I'll just say is um, they need to support him, get the players that he wants so that Tottenham can have a respectable finish so that they can actually get better players. Okay. On. So you just, you just set me up perfectly because I was going to talk about Conte's comments post-match. Where he talked about that this game just shows the gap and the gulf in class between the two sides, calling Chelsea a top team and saying how they are European champions and whatnot, and Tottenham need to aspire to get to that level. And now everyone has taken that to mean that he wants players, and we know that they need players. But what is more pressing for you? For me, for me is the midfield because there's no creativity at all. But for some people, they will say it's the right wing back because Emerson just keeps crossing and crossing absolute nonsense. Like, he gets into great positions. He doesn't cross well. So, do you get a new wing back or can you improve Emerson? Do you get a new midfielder? Do you get a new defender? What's the top priority opinion? Uh, I, don't think, I, I don't think wing back is... Um, I don't think wing back is the issue. What you should do is... Uh, um, gets a midfielder that can play the kind of system that he wants. Then getting a centre back that can properly defend. They get um, an attacking player that can score goals. I think those three positions are key. Then the other aspect they can they can work on them and improve them. Um, first aspect of their game. Yeah, I, I I agree with you that wing back is not a priority in terms of the midfield is more glaring. Like there's a deficiency that is more glaring there, but. Emerson putting 14 crosses against Watford. How many do you think he the target of who he was targeting to cross the bottom? Probably two. Okay, okay. I'm not even going to say anything because and now you're telling me such a player. So like, okay, why why do you think Barcelona were so eager to sell him? No, it's not about Barcelona. Barcelona needed money then. No, they needed money. It was very good, but because if you look at it, Barcelona will still want to keep him because they lack options there. It's not. It's not even about. For example, oh, you see all these things. Uh, this crossing thing, it can be taught to to his particular extent. 
But it doesn't mean that you can start crossing ball like, like um, Trent Alexander-Arnold or Cancelo. But you can be taught to a particular extent where you can put in decent crosses in the box. That's what I'm saying. Like, the fullback, um, the fullbacks is a key aspect to the Conte's game. Yes, we know this. But there are areas that are more of higher priority right now that he can really improve. The later on, down yeah, the line. Yeah, I, to- I totally, I totally agree. Totally agree. I totally agree. I think that's low priority. This is just me trying to beat Emerson with his stick for the poor cursing I've seen in the last two games. But I think all in all, he's not the worst player Tottenham have. Certainly, he's not. He's actually one of their better players, funny enough. But yeah, then, they, how much it, of. Well, if we're talking about worst players, you look no further than the England captain. So. Ah, no, 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 no. I'm not even going to agree with that because there's no midfield. Well, let me there's get a, a midfielder. I don't, I don't even need you to agree with that. Like, the stats, the eye test, the stats, <laughs> the eye test, and his attitude on the but then, proves me right every day. So, I don't even but know then, there's but no then, to argue with. But then, speaking of, speaking of Emerson and leaving Barcelona, how much of a clown fest will it be for Barcelona to sell Sergio Dest as well, who is their remaining right back, and then replace two young right backs with Daniel Alves? <laughs> and Barcelona, Barcelona, I don't know, I don't know. It just it, there are so many moving pieces to everything. Like for example, selling Dest will help the club financially reduce the wage uh, bill. But to me, I I feel like but does it do, does it make sense to sell two right backs and replace with an old player who will probably retire at the end of the season. No, nah, it doesn't make sense. That that shows you that maybe they are considering other options in the market because I feel like if they sell this, definitely they'll be looking to bring in someone to replace um, this for the long term. But I don't think they should sell this because I think this can re- really improve. I've criticized this so many times on the podcast, but I think like there are some aspects to his game that can actually improve. So if he if he's being coached and so, worked up. Apparently, apparently Chelsea are interested in this, but we'll talk on Barcelona more later in the show. Let's now go to a story that really should not be a story, but is a story because the players at Manchester United just feel entitled and they've been pampered for too long. Um, we've heard of the issues with Rafanik's training methods. Now, let me bust your head, Leonard. Have you heard the latest one that now allegedly, according to the British tabloids, they they feel like Rafanik is not telling them what to do when they have the ball. Like they need him to tell you to tell them like, okay, you um Fred, when you're with the ball, pass to Rashford. Rashford, when you when you are with the ball, then you now pass to Bruno. Like they want him to babysit them. Like, have you have you heard that they don't know what to do with the ball? Like, like, like Professional players do not know what to do with the ball. Like the truth is, um, I've said this thing so many times already. These Manchester United players, um, they they've been getting away with murder a lot of the time. Maguire and Luke Shaw, they are one of the ones revolting against Cristiano Ronaldo for calling them out uh, on their shitty performances. And the thing is, <laughs> this we we'll see this on. <laughs> For a long time, this will continue. Sorry, 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 sorry. Come again, come again. Sorry, 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 Leonard, Leonard. I, I don't think I heard you. Well. I don't think I heard you. Well. Wait, mediocre players, the, uh, arguably the greatest player of all time. 
the mediocre players are calling out. It's being yeah, the mediocre players are trying to rub rub head with one of the goats. So it's shameful. It's shameful. You see, the truth is. At the end of the day, I've said this thing already. No, 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 no. Shaw is not mediocre. Remember, it's Shobeto Carlos. Remember, put, put no, some no. respect on his name. <laughs> of course, of course. We are the only thing we are doing now right now is disrespecting Roberto Carlos. Well, at the end of the day, and truth is, <laughs> these players, most of them can play together. Some of them might look good on paper, but most of them can play together. We've heard so many times already them complain about his Rafragnes uh, training methods. And now we're hearing different things coming out of the Manchester United camp. So, but, the, but you know what? You know what? Okay. I think that as big as the issue of the players, have you heard United are being linked to Ikadi? Now imagine Ikadi inside that toxic dressing room atmosphere. My goodness, Ikadi that is a problem on his own, adding to the problem. That was wonderful. That's 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 adding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't even understand who who comes up with, with United's transfer policies. See, uh, see, see, there are so many things wrong with Manchester United. The only light for them is but when then this thing is over. When this season is over, Ralph Ragnick will handle a lot of things behind the dressing room. And even this guy is stepping down as well, um Ed Woodward. So like it looks like things will start to turn around next season for them so they should look forward to that because this season i don't think there's anything rafagni can do to this team like some of them are so terrible some of them feel too big and entitled some of them have this ego already so but, like but i think i i still think i still think that one of the biggest problems is the four two 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 because the players have never played it before that shows you the tactical awareness of the players. Like, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, they are not willing to learn. Now, that is the more important one. They are not willing exactly. to learn. If you don't know something, at least be willing to learn. Bend down, um, rough, uh, put your knuckles down and learn. But the thing is, these guys, they are so entitled. They feel like if they know it all. So, what can Rafrag tell them? So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, then these players, these players can't, can't, can't really like. I've said this already. Someone like Ten Hag comes to this club, Ten Hag will fail because he doesn't have the players. No, no, no. Ten Hag is too good to fail anywhere. I'm such a believer in that man. Yeah, I think he, he's going to be one of the best, best coaches would, of the next generation. Yes, he'll be one of the best, but like, he's not Jesus Christ. That's. Even keep forgetting, <laughs> like he's not—he's not going to turn the into Rav and you know, He can't. Like you need to play, execute the kind of football Ten Hag executes. You need some certain players that are very technically and understand the game on a much deeper level. It's not just running about like a headless chicken. It's not like Bruno Fernandez can play in Ragnik system because he gives. Okay, the ball I don't know why a certain mid. I don't know why a certain number seventeen, and I, I don't know why a certain number seventeen in my you popped in my head when you said running around like a headless chicken ball. Um, <laughs> let's 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 give United fans some let's give United fans some good news. 
Ed Woodward is stepping down. So we know he's much hated. He has made a lot of mistakes. He's stepping down, but then the bad news is that he's going to be replaced by Richard Arnold. Now, who is Richard Arnold, you might ask me? It is basically Ed Woodward's guy that is going to do basically the same thing he has been doing. So it's like from fire pound to fire. There's really no improvement because these are both people that don't have a football background. They are businessmen, and so they will keep running United like a business. <laughs> The thing is, I like for for all the criticism um, Edudo has received. I don't even think he was like, is the uh, he was, for example, like the the villain in the story. Definitely, because if you look at it, Edudo was doing his job. United was when one of the biggest earners, generating income, revenue, left, right, and center, smashing records, and um, their share price was increasing. But the truth is, at the end of the day, you need. To still have a footballing project. Oh, sorry, 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 Leonard, 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 Leonard. Okay. okay. What? What is the? What is the business of United fans with those achievements you just mentioned, the share price and all those nonsense? The fans want is, trophies. Yeah, the fans want trophies. That's what I'm saying. Like, you need to get the business part right so that you can be able to um, reinvest those money, um, money into the team and build. Um, a good squad. So that's what he has not been able to do. And you need someone that has the footballing experience and knowledge to do that. And Manchester United have not employed someone. They are still running the club with nepotism, hiring the likes of Fletcher and the likes that don't even have the CV to actually match um, the um, position they are in. <laughs> Fletcher. No, let, let's, let's, let's give Fletcher a chance. He might actually be a good coach. We don't know. <laughs> Of course. of course, of course, of course, of <laughs> course. <laughs> um, so we will we'll be watching the United situation closely, and more news to follow when we get it. Um, let's go back to Spain. Copa del Rey, all the big teams won, all the small teams lost. End of story. I want to talk about this weekend's fixtures in the league. We have Barcelona playing Granada, but. On Barcelona, I'm more drawn to the off the field matters. I'm more drawn to the off the field matters of like. So now your prayers has, have been answered because Coutinho has gone to Aston Villa on loan, and it looks like Morata will be staying put in Turin. I told you, I told you when when you fast and believe in God, <laughs> that the kind of miracle. Now. I told you. I told you, boy, you didn't believe me. I told you. So this is how the but then, but then, but then, Allegri's annoyance is that they spoke to Morata directly instead of them. So if Barcelona just apologize and do the business the right way, then Morata might still be on the move. Who knows? No one cares about apology. They should keep their play. I will keep our apology. So it's simple. It's simple. Everyone will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> very very simple unfortunately you are unfortunately you're not the president of Barcelona so they might they can do whatever they, the hell they want um so now good news of the pitch if you can tell me that continue of the books so now Torres, we assume will be able to be registered which is actually very good if for any lover of football. Nobody want, wants to see Ferran Torres sign for a club and not be able to play till the next season. 
now that have been dreadful. So now continue out. Um, do you foresee any more business or do you just think it's more about outgoings in terms of Claire Umtiti, Claire Luke de Young, or do you see them buying anyone? Are they being linked to anyone? I don't think Barcelona will buy anyone, but I think like two two or three more outgoings will happen. That's what I see before the January window ends. I don't think so. I think they're trying to stream down the squad so that it looks good going into the summer window so that they can know the areas to actually target. So I think it's more of trimming down than actually. Because, because Barcelona are back. Barcelona mm-hmm. are yes, yes. back and they are going but to the, sign Haaland. That's what I'm saying. For those that have been trolling us, for those that have been trolling us, just troll us because these are the periods why you can't. Because come, this is this this season is the end of the trolling. Because when we come back next season, oh my god, we're coming back to clear everything. We're coming back for everything on the table. Believe me. Clear words. Clear words. Okay, first, no of, problem. All, first of all, you'll be competing in the Europa League. You'll be competing in the Europa League. That's of one. course. Of course. Secondly, of course. Madrid are going to get Mbappe. Do you want to, Mbappe you want to put, and wait, 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 wait. Before you move on, do you want to put your money that Barca won't qualify for the Champions League next season? Do you want to put your money? If you're brave enough, this is the podcast. The listeners are here. Put your money where your mouth is. Don't waffle. Don't waffle. Put your money. Put your money. Stop being scared. So, you're, you're, you're being brave, calling us out. So, now, put your money where your mouth is. Do you think Barcelona won't finish in the top four? Let me hear. Let me hear. So, uh, no response. So, but you see, at the end of the day, he knows that definitely will finish in the, in the, um, what is it called, in the Champions League spot. So, let's not deceive ourselves and lie to ourselves. We will definitely make it in the Champions League next season. You will see us there. For those that are expecting us to crumble, you will see us in the Champions League spot. So, that's just it. Okay, so I'll put it in a percentage way. i say Barcelona has a 40% of finishing in the top four. If that's not what I asked, put your money where your mouth is. 40% chance. Do you think Barcelona can... Is that, good, is that good enough? No, no, no. Put your money where your mouth is. Why am I can't... putting money? I don't understand. You don't understand. Can they make the top four? Can they make the top four? Yes, they can make the top four. Uh, so why are you not saying uh, we'll be playing the Europa League? So if it's if it's short for you, it's your money where your mouth is. I don't understand. It's very simple. I understand. I understand. I understand. You're a pained Barcelona fan. Just calm down. Calm down. Put of your hand on your chest and and tell yourself that you will not be so easily triggered. Just calm down. Just calm down. Of course. Of course. Tell yourself what you want to hear, but <laughs> we're back. We're back, so... But, but, but for this week... Of course, of course, you're back. For this weekend, Barcelona will win Granada. I don't even want to talk about that too much because that will be a waste of time. Um, Real Madrid also against Valencia. Real Madrid probably script through even if it's going to be tough. And so now let's go to Italy and we're going to round up there. We saw games yesterday. We saw... Juventus coming from behind to draw. We saw AC Milan beating Napoli, who had... I mean, there was a lot in that game, but we'll come back to the games. There were a lot of games cancelled because of COVID, and it was it was quite quite chaotic because the, the Italian FA did not want to call off the games, but then 
the health authorities forced them to cancel the games. It just it just looks bad. I don't know why why we have Paripia like um second choice in all these cases. Like if the if it doesn't look safe for them, then they should call it off. I don't know why they have to allow the authorities, the health authorities to step in. But the truth is at the end of the day, we want to see football being played, but at the right condition. So let's try and get the balance right. But it's good that the Italian Serie A is back. And I enjoyed some of the games that I watched. I watched the um Juve Napoli. I don't know, Napoli once again, this Paletti team always bottling the lead. They had the chance to pull clear, but they still couldn't still finish. And behold, Kings are pull one back and they drew one. Now, fun facts that is Kiesa's first goal at home at the Allianz Stadium since March of 2021. Kiesa, who has been heralded as the next Messiah of Italian football, has not scored at home in almost a year. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't even know about that start. That's mad. Wow. <laughs> Kiesa, that's crazy, man. <laughs> that's crazy and well we saw Milan beat Roma Roma had two players sent off Milan had just a few days really Giroud missed a penalty he scored a penalty early in the game missed a penalty late to make it 4-1 this was arguably one of Roma's worst performances under Mourinho this season a one-off or cause for concern I don't think there's any cause for concern. I've said this already. Um, Roma, they will be beaten by the big clubs. Like, when you look at... You know, Mourinho got rid of so many of the first-team players to promote the Roma youth players. So, the truth is, they don't have the squad to compete and to compete with the big boys. So, at the end they of are, the day... They are learning on the job, basically. Yeah, exactly. So, they just have few um, quality first-team players that can actually do something. But when we talk about sheer quality, like, especially... Against a team like AC Milan that have good quality first um, first team players, it's always been a difficult job to, to get the points. So I don't think these are results where it would be. I think it would be concerning when we start seeing Roma dropping points against teams that they should be beaten. Okay, so you know, I was going to, or I might still do it. Like I want to tell. I want to talk about the games that are meant to come up this weekend, but I'm not even sure they're going to hold. So we have Inter Lazio is meant to take place this Sunday. We have Roma Juventus. But then every fixture, every single fixture in the Serie A is in doubt because over 15% of players in Serie A have tested positive for COVID. Over, that's over 90 players from all the teams, which is incredible to say the least. So, I won't be surprised if a lot more games are called off this weekend. Well, like I've already said, um, safety first. If the conditions are not looking good for the players, then they should postpone the games. Like, we can always find a way to fit in those games in the, in the coming months. So, I just think safety first before any other thing. The players and prayers, health and safety over anything else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Safety first. And so that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one.